Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Straight Talk. We are your Straight Talkers. My name is Hafiz and I have never eaten a brinjal, ladyfinger or an avocado in my life. Ever. Hi, my name is Edmund. Many people have been asking me how old am I. So this time around, I'm telling you the truth. Okay, okay, okay. I am 46. Don't judge. Okay, I, I, I never judge. Hi everyone, I'm Wei Liang. I'm going to be a dad next week. Congratulations in advance. Thank you, I'm very excited. So... Burger. Boy. Wow, nice. Okay, 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 okay. We want to start off every episode with a Bui Song issue. So recently they have this uh, single room shared facilities, right? They, they, it's going to be implemented yeah, uh, where they are targeting the lower income uh, singles, okay? And you can be widowed or you can be single as long as you are 35. But even if you are much younger, above 21, you can still apply. Mm. But that's not the main concern. The main concern is have you all seen the uh, uh, interior? Yeah, it looks damn bad. I, I saw the picture. It's very Tekong vibes. Each level, they will have about 24 people. And then they have three um, bathrooms. If you are single, would you want to go and live in that space? If I can afford it, no. <laughs> yeah. No TV, by the way. Yeah, I mean... Oh, no TV, yeah. I, they, I can't... TV. The shed one, is it? Shed TV. Like There's, a common, There's, There's a, a common room. room. There's a common room. There's a common room. Oh. Yeah. Then would you cannot choose your channel. Cannot lah. Like what you say, if I can afford it, I choose not to. See. But again, I don't think... Uh, it was meant to be made for those who can afford right. a more luxurious right. lifestyle. That's mm. true. Yeah. I mean, it is, it, is, it is targeted for the lower income. Yeah. But then again, we will have this discussion, how do you determine what is lower income? To me, uh, uh. the government say I low income, I low income. Uh. They yeah, said, but, 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 they say I middle, I middle. Uh. How do they calculate whether you are low, low income or middle income or high income? Usually, it's by your CPF contribution. But what about those... those Dispatch rider, food delivery, mm. no CBF, ma. Correct. Of freelancers. Of yeah. freelancers, yeah, yeah. yeah. So because, I guess yeah. like with all schemes in Singapore, it's up to you to apply and up That's for true. them to process to case by oh. case. Mm. Yeah. True. So if truly one is needy, I think there'll be no problems in getting it. La. True. But I wouldn't lah. So, yeah, la, so you la. see, and so beggars yeah, can't be chosen. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. In the morning, I need my alone time at least 45 minutes in the toilet. <laughs> cannot. Then you'll cannot be la. the most hated resident. I, I don't think it's possible. Okay. Yes. Um, father of three. Yeah, who yes. love all our three kids. Yes. Unconditionally. What's your base on issue? Okay, I, I, actually, I actually saw this, um, this article and uh, it was from leader of opposition. He actually mentioned that uh, to set... English proficiency test for those who are going to become citizens. Applying to be new citizens. Yes, applying to become So the prerequisite? Yeah, is to have good English. Ah. Mm. I think it has to be more than English. It has to be understanding Singapore's culture as well. Mm. I think the understanding the culture is more important than mm. language. True. So on language, why only English? Why not Chinese? Yeah. Why not or Malay? Malayu? Yeah. Also, I, I, feel like, I feel like language is, unfortunately, has become one of the um, a way of someone to assert their classist and elitist um, you know, behaviour towards other people. Yes. Like, just elitist. because you speak English means you're not smart. You know, like, yep. I sound smarter in Malay. <laughs> Do you? Is it? Maybe, uh, I don't know. Okay. I have to ask my Malay friends. So, so in, in the nutshell, they, he actually want language to be a criteria so that the main criteria. Yeah, the main criteria so that the citizen, the new citizen can integrate mm. into our society. Again, uh, if today we were to go to coffee shop, you see a lot of uncles sitting together. Mm. True. I dare to say they I don't really know English. Yeah. 
I don't think they are speaking English too. And they are integrating very well. So my main question now is, right? Mm. Having said that, what would be a good um, test that they have to go through? Name 10 Singaporean food. Or they have to do a mock test. A mock test where they have to bargain. $10 become 5, 5 become yeah. 12. Or, or we have to test their queuing skills. Queuing skills? Yeah, so they have to stand in a queue for one hour. If they I can know, make know, it, so they straight away can become citizen. Stand, queue, and then complain. No, bargain first. Ah, then complain. And then bargain. ask to talk to the manager, then mm. complain. Mm. Then must write a letter also. Then must see whether they got tagged all the different ministries or SPF or whoever in the comment section of your social media. Oh. If they can do it, okay, Singaporean. You will work? Some people get their way by tagging, you know. I think that is so much better than just using language or, true, true. or, or English. Yeah. Look at me, I Chinese helicopter. What is Chinese helicopter? Chinese helicopter means I'm better in my Chinese. So because I Chinese helicopter, you get all those good waves, English want to come in, yeah. then I become what? Second citizen. But your English not bad. Right? Yeah, why? But if you were to get all those good ones, I can speak proper English one, or uh -huh. maybe from maybe from US. True. So then I become second citizen. No. Then my parents how? My parents also don't know, don't know English, you know? Yeah. Mm. And, and, and I do think, again, like I said, imposing that English proficiency test is really quite elitist. So now yeah. that you are going to have your first kid, are you going to encourage him to go into sports? Yes, in I will. Yes, oh, I in will. Singapore? Uh, and I will try to support my kid in whatever he wants. Lah. Okay. Could be an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a singer, artist. YouTuber. Also can. Can. A YouTuber earn a lot, money, okay. Eh. Is it? Yeah. Yes. If, if your child one day tell you, mm. I want to become a politician. Go ahead. Why? Okay, why, why, why? Eh. Why, why cannot become a YouTuber but can become a politician? Good money like politician. Not bad. Seriously. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's like really damn good. If you ask William, your kids will to ask you, mm. uh, should I choose to be a politician or a soccer player? Soccer player. Soccer player lah, of course. Cannot be lah. No, no, la. no, 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 no. My son's mental well-being is much more important than money. Later you go in public, people will shout. Oi, not doing your job ah. Okay, talking about this, okay, we, we might have like different um, uh, thinking and, and we will argue with one another about certain topics. But what is very interesting is to note that when the arguments happen during parliament, mm. right? Like these politicians, these mm. highly paid politicians mm. who are supposedly good at their job or mm. have to be good at their job okay. when they start arguing with one another. I mean, it's good, it's good powder and, and it's good, I mean, it's good television like, if, 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 you, if you watch the, the parliamentary uh, screenings, but why do you think they always argue with one another? If not uh, for the good like six or eight hours and uh, nobody argue, then everybody just that's stand up and talk, then who want to watch? Actually, that's true. Uh. Must, There's must no argue. excitement. What? Do you all see it as arguing? I see it as a very, very nice, polite debate. As compared to politicians from other countries, okay, yeah. we are very mild. The other countries will throw chair one, will throw chair, will punch, mm. will throw feces one. Feces? Yes, it's all on camera, yes. But Taiwan got throw chair, that one throw I've chair, seen. Yeah, throwing yeah. punches, throw, throw yeah. punch, throw yeah. the pig intestine. I've seen in some. Huh? Really? Yeah? What? I've seen in some uh, Western countries, they mm. actually make personal jokes. Yes. And then the whole house laughs along. Or like go boo, or like, yeah, you know, that's just yeah, really like wild. monkeys lah. Nicely. You like, you like ah? Nice actually, I like, you know. No need, no, need, no need to go far lah. Just look somewhere nearby lah. They love to shout and scream for no reason. And they love to like hijack the microphone. No other one. So I like, see. then the, the speaker of the house, right? 
like we like keep on saying like for example pematang pao senyap pematang pao senyap kalau awak tak senyap seorang awak keluar like be quiet because if not if you don't, if you don't keep quiet i'm going to ask you to leave and the police just keep on going ah just keep on going wait 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 what country was this what country uh, across the causeway across the causeway lah oh. where we get our water from okay so singapore politics is quite mild quite mild um But that's not our point. The point is, we want to invite someone, okay, yes. who I think is the best person to talk about these debates because he's always like front row seat. Front row one. Uh, front row seat. Who? 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 Ah, huh? Minister of Education, Minister Chan Chun Sing. Round of applause. Woohoo! Wow. A warm welcome, even by production. Okay, Minister. We we started off just now by talking about Brisong issues. Okay, so we just wanted to know your thoughts about it, lah. Okay. What was your Brisong issue? You have this uh, leader of opposition actually raised this issue on new citizen must have good proficiency in their English, okay, before they can turn into a citizen. Right. So I think it is not very right because why are we judging their whether they can be citizen or not based on their language? Look at me, I Chinese helicopter. I then then where I stand, uh. I become second class. At the helipad. <laughs> yeah, because if they were to keep inviting all those. Uh, foreigner from with good English background, then then I help. My parents help. Sounds like my mother also asked this question. Eh? So Because my mother never finished primary six, ma. So my mother also don't understand English. Similar like me, lah. We stop at this pre-stop I, learning English category. Pre-stop learning English. P-S-L-E. I think your English better, much better than my mother. Ah, uh, good. So I I think the issue is that yes, English is a. Uh, our business language, huh? mm. but we have four official four other languages mm. and whether one person is a lawyer to the country, can integrate to the country, I think goes beyond just language. Huh? Of course, language is one factor, but yes. beyond that, I think we need to consider many other factors as well. No, even if all of us learn language, like what was uh, said, It doesn't mean that we all speak the same type of English or at the same standard or the same level, right? Yeah, in fact, we speak English. I think, but it's it's quite common. I mean, I, I have people who told me that hey, your English, uh, the your twang uh, cannot make it. Uh. You you speak like a Chinese man trying to speak English. Uh. It's okay, right? Yeah, it's. But okay, there are some people like that, uh. There are some people yeah, who yeah, tell yeah. you. Just that, it, 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 yeah. It's like it's like if you speak um like a local you are not sophisticated enough you know and if you speak really well you're out of touch so like you know them if you do and them if you don't right what is the current prerequisite to be a citizen of singapore do you know the answer to this question well today uh, there are quite a few criteria the mm -hmm. typical uh, new citizen would have become a pr for a number of years then they will work here for a number of years then they will go through They would have gone through some uh, integration program before they apply okay. for that. Which uh, brings me to this question: What integration program is this? What what do you have to go through? Because we are saying like yeah. maybe we should get them to stand in a queue for like one hour, see if they can make it. <laughs> if they can make it, they confirm Singaporean. And then, and then once you are there, complain, bargain. <laughs> see them whether they kiasu enough or not. Yes, kiasu yeah. enough. Okay. So what is this integration program? I'm I'm really dying to know. Today actually it's quite basic. I think there's some introduction to the history, the social cultural mm -hmm. norms, but whether people can actually practice this and whether people can really uh, mix with one another, it's more important whether that person is trying, mm. trying to integrate mm. and, and the right. effort counts. Right? Right. I mean, if you look at it like our, at least my parents' generation, I think all, all of us were foreigners right? in 1965, yeah. right? There was... <laughs> we were immigrants. Uh, la. Uh, we were all immigrants, right? 
So, but everybody tries uh, in their own different way to contribute something to society and try to get along with one another, really regardless of race, language and religion. So I think that's what makes us special. Do they have to recite the pledge? I have to, right? I have to. And sing Majula Singapura? Yes. Yes. Uh, because okay. all the uh, nationalised athletes, naturalised athletes, all know how to sing Majula Singapura. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I, I think it's not just uh, learning how to say the pledge and Majula Singapura, right? Yeah. But it's really to understand some of the deeper ideals that we stand for. You know, like for example, um, we do things in Singapore in quite a different way, right? So, like for example, you don't jump the queue or you don't go and uh, pay money under the table to get things done and whatnot. Mm. But these are some of the more important social norms uh, mm. that we abide by. Uh, it might be different from people who come from other countries, but if they can progressively understand how we do things and why we do what we do, then I think they can become just like any other Singaporeans in time to come. Okay, so we go on to the last Bui Song issue. So we were just talking about the single room shared facilities yeah. where they were targeting the lower income singles, right? Yeah. And then we just saw the photo and we are like, very Tekong vibes, uh, very like School 2, Rocky Hill. Yeah. No, like, you don't say like that. Uh. I As think, a former I, chief I, of army, I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think Rocky Hill looks quite nice. Uh. Maybe even nicer than... Maybe now. Maybe now. Maybe now. La, but, but no, really. Like, like, okay, so, so my friends and I we were just looking at it. We are like, is this really how they think we singles should live? Number one. And number two is like, we were just comparing it with like, a jail in a Scandinavian country, which is like so much nicer. Bigger, <laughs> IKEA furniture. Personal toilet. Yeah. Have to share toilet. Mm. Yeah. Would you? Actually, I think many people have different needs and different people have different budgets as well. Mm -hmm. So, mm. I think for us, it's not to be prescriptive on what kind of things that people want to have or need to have, but it's to give people a range of choices. If, it, if there's no demand for this because the market doesn't have yeah, demand yeah. for this, then they will just move on and go and do some other mm. uh, projects. Uh. So, actually, I'm agnostic about this thing. So, my preference is that we have a range of options for different people with different needs at different stages of their life and who knows what is the True. market demand, right? Um, we were talking about how um, dramatic it is the parliamentary sessions in other countries. Like they right. throw like feces, they throw chairs, they punch each other, mm. they scream at one another. But in Singapore, it's quite mild, right? But even so, even so, within the mildness of these exchanges, it can get very frustrating to watch because some people don't understand. As in like, they don't understand when you don't want to answer or cannot answer or don't have the answers to the question, right? But they go on pushing it. So my first question to you is, have you ever been in a position where you're doing a parliamentary session and you really cannot take it, you're like, I cannot, I cannot take it anymore. And you really just say, okay, no answer, and then you just sit down. Have it ever happened to you? I don't think we say no answer and then sit down and, and, and just ignore the question. I think you always try your best to answer, but you always try to understand why is the person asking that question? What is the real reason that he or she may be asking that question? And what is the to, point behind the question? Uh, mm. and, then, and then address it, uh, right? But if you ask people, like, what's your point behind the question? People say, well, you're so rude. <laughs> then, then, but then you say, you don't want to waste people's time. It's like, why That's don't true, we get yeah. to the bottom of it and true. let's be upfront? Because what's the, what's the role of parliament? It's really to help us make policies that are good for the people, good for the country, right? Because it reflects not just parliament, because parliament is also a reflection of the kind of people that we are, the kind of country that we are, you see. 
Because if, imagine if, let's say, our parliament end up like some other parliaments where people are fighting or just creating entertainment, mm. then I'm not sure people respect us very much, you know. People will think that we are just another one. So what distinguish us from other people, right? But has this like sort of um, opposing questions or opposing views yeah. um, been always a part of the parliament uh, proceedings or has it sort of become more... Um, what do you call it? More, more intense in the last couple of years. We all, regardless whether I think you are PAP or non-PAP, you want to hear all the ideas and to really see whether those ideas are better for the people, better for the country, and see how we can make the things better for our people, especially how to improve their lives, how to take care of them better, right? But if you have a diversity of purpose, then I think we are in trouble. Diversity of purpose meaning this. Some people are there because they are trying to debate policies on how we can make the policies better, but some people are there maybe to just attract attention, to try and gather votes. That's what I mean by the diversity of purpose uh, rather than diversity of uh, mm. ideas, you see. Okay. Do you feel like you can have more opposition in the, in the future? No, I think the question is not whether we have more or less opposition. The mm. real question is that, are we happy with the quality of discussion or debate Mm. in Parliament, whether is it from uh, PAP members or is it from non-PAP members. Because as the government, we have to respond to the questions from both the PAP members and the opposition members. So both sides will ask questions to try and clarify or challenge the ideas that put forth by the government. Right? So I know people don't really uh, appreciate this, but within the PAP, there's a government who is the cabinet that forms, the, that makes the policies, defend the policies. Then there are also the PAP backbenchers that have every right to go and uh, challenge and ask why you make such policies. So if you ask me at this point in time, can we do better? I certainly hope that our parliament can do mm. even better in terms of the quality of the questions of that is being asked. Because once you are in parliament, uh, I don't care whether you are PAP or non-PAP, mm. you must have the same unity of purpose, which is that whatever is said must be leading to a better outcome for the people and the country. If it doesn't pass that test, then I think we are not there yet. So you mentioned about the backbenchers having the freedom to question or, or to, to make forth their comments. Right. How often does this happen? Oh, it happens very often. So if you look at the recent uh, education debate uh, yeah. uh, for the Committee of Supply, so we have a budget for the Ministry of Education, so people are free to propose their ideas. So you have PAP, MP that stood up and said, hey, why don't you adopt this method of uh, teaching, right? Then you have PAP, MP say, hey, why, do, why must you do PSLE? So they can come and challenge us and it's entirely legitimate. Mm. Then we will have to explain to them why having thought through the issue, this may not be the uh, best way forward, but we understand what's your intent, then how do we progress the issues uh, forward. So I think both sides of the house have uh, opportunities to do this. And really the test of a good backbencher, whether it's PAP or non-PAP, is whether you help to progress the ideas forward. Mm. Uh, and not just because you ask the most number of questions, because you, it, the quantity doesn't equal quality, right? When you look at opposition, when they were to propose, mm. you know they're going to gunna already. Sure, rejected. Uh, actually, I would say that it's uh, both uh, opposition and uh, PAP side. Because you see, the government don't make policies just like that. How does the government come up with a policy? Mm. It has to work through the whole civil service who has to go and uh, talk to all the stakeholders, sometimes consult the relevant people. So it's a lot of due considerations. And after you have done all the considerations, right? if someone else comes with another idea, right? Mm. supposing someone else comes with an idea that you never hear before, one, mm. then mm. actually, uh, then, and the government says, oh, that sounds like an idea that I've never thought before. Mm. Actually, will you be happy or sad? 
if, if you are judging the government. Then you must be thinking, hey, hello, I expect you to consider all this, right? Mm. Then how come you, so obvious an idea you never consider? Mm. So that could be one aspect. Or the other idea, the other scenario is this. Someone come and say that, hey, I've got this idea. Like for example, hey, why don't you get rid of PSLE? Mm. Then cannot be the MOE come and say that, wow, really? Yeah? Never really? thought of this before. Huh? Then you must be thinking, like, hey, MOE, what have you been doing huh? all this while? Mm. On the other hand, if MOE has considered this and realised that, oh, there are some pluses, some minuses, then MOE cannot act blur and say that, oh, I don't know, eh? let me go back and think some more. Actually, MOE should come out and say that, okay, we have considered this, these are the pros, these are the cons, and this is where we are now, so that if you've got another idea or other considerations, then we can progress the issue forward, right? But if we already consider the thing and we have reached a certain conclusion and you are not prepared to share those conclusions, not so much as you shoot down people's idea, then you are just wasting that person's time. Then you are just asking him that, oh, you go another round, go and think, think through again and things like that. Then, then we are wasting uh, everybody's time, right? Mm. So that's why policy making is not just about coming up with an idea. Mm. Because you know, in other countries, uh, you, you see this very common. They say that, hey, I, I tell you, uh, I hear this from this person, I hear that from that person, why don't you do it? So it's true, huh? because they, you hear from this, you hear from that. There's one set of consideration. Mm. But the biggest problem in any democracy is this. You don't take care of just this generation, right? You also have to take care of future generation, right? So if, how do you take care of future uh, generation? Because you don't even have a chance to consult them, right? Yep. So if that's the case, then as the leaders, huh, you must also exercise some responsibility and leadership to say that I'm thinking not just for this generation or next generation. So I'll give you an example, right? I mean all of us are facing inflationary pressures now, right? So mm. everyone of us would like to see whether we can find more money to share and help people, right? Mm. Who, who doesn't want to do that, right? If we can all do that, we will surely do that, right? So if you say, hey, I, I, I heard from you, uh, I think the government should spend more to help this generation. I hear from you. The government must also help spend more to help this generation. Then it sounds like, eh, sounds like a good idea, right? Good idea. We should do, right? Mm. But then who's thinking for the next generation? Because the next generation may not even be born. Mm. The next generation haven't got a, mm. a vote yet, you know. Mm. Uh, in the sense that they, they won't even have the voice and never mind the vote, right? Then it's only responsible for the current government to say that, oh, I not only take care of the people in this generation, but I must also think the next generation, uh, mm. how would they uh, perceive this and help us? So a very good example would be how we have built up our airports and uh, uh, ports, you see. See, once upon a time, our... Airport uh, is quite near here, ma, you know, at uh, Kalang there. Mm. Then we moved to Paleba, then Paleba, we moved to Changi. Then when, we sp when the previous generation uh, spent the money to do this, uh, actually they spent their own money, you know, to build the airport for us. No? But they could have done something else, right? Hey, this airport uh, is not going to benefit my generation. No? Let the next generation go and build it. Uh. Anyway, they're going to use it, right? So let them go, use, go and pay for it. Uh. But you see, if you ask that last generation, uh, they could easily say that, yeah, let the next generation go and pay, pay for it, right? But then they took it upon themselves that say that, no, no, no. Even though times were tough during the times, 1970s, we have oil crisis, 1980s, we have stock market crash, 1990s, we have uh, Asian financial crisis. But they say that we also must take care of the future generation. So policy making is not just about asking people what they want here and now. It is also about thinking about the future, how we can take care, not just the current generation, but also the future generation. And sometimes uh, I really don't like this word, politician. Because in many countries, uh, mm. especially like in Indonesia, the word politician uh, is politikus. Then they always make fun of the politician because tikus is Mouse. rats. Uh, oh. mouse, uh. so, so they say that it's like scum of the earth. So they don't, 
because mm. it's associated with people who are just power hungry, want to mm. get a lot of uh, privileges for themselves. But to me, I hope Singaporeans have less politician type of people, but more political leaders. Political leaders who are prepared yeah. to tell the people that, okay, this is what we need to consider, not just for this generation, but also for the next generation, and to share with people what are the difficult and hard decisions we need to take for the good of our country and people going forward and not just trying to win votes, right? Because a lot of people associate politicians like, I just do what I need to, to win votes, right? But it's one thing to win votes for this generation. It's another thing to say that not only I win votes for this generation, but I balance it with how I take care of people going forward. I think that's what distinguishes us. And I hope we keep it that way, that we can continue for future governments to always have this thing that makes us different from other countries. Mm. Okay. Hmm. So, so in fact, uh, sorry. So in fact, if we were to think for the future generation, mm. then we should put more into a reserve, because the future generation will definitely be more difficult than the current generation. Uh, that's our belief. Uh. So you see, one of the things that we say that our population is uh, shrinking, right? Yes. So you can imagine in future, first, like what you say, times are a bit more uncertain. Mm. Then second is that we have fewer people supporting more elderly, elderly. people. Yep. And we are likely to live longer and chances are that our medical cost is likely to go higher, higher because we live longer. Mm. So that's why for us, savings is a strategic reserve, not just to defend the currency for the current generation, but it is a, a, a really a real reserve to help our next generation so we don't burden the next generation. Mm. Right? Can you imagine we, we don't do this? And the, imagine the last generation didn't do this. Actually, the last generation is a very good example. Today, our budget is about 100 billion. About 20% or slightly more, the money uh, comes from the savings, uh, the interest uh, from the savings of previous generation. So every year, we collect about 80 billion of worth of uh, taxes, but we spend 100 billion. That 20 billion or so uh, came from the earnings from our previous generation. Uh. So this is how they, in the previous generation, have so-called save up for us to help us in this generation. Otherwise, now we will have to pay even more taxes. So I think it's only correct that we continue these kind of values to take care of the next generation, especially when we know now that the times are going to be more uncertain. There's going to be uh, more aged people compared to working people. So that's only responsible. On the scale of 1 to 10, well, how will you rate yourself as a political leader? Actually, I don't know. Like, I would say kosong. You know why? There's another rule I always learn. Hmm. People always ask me, you know, eh, can you give an interview, uh, your 100-day progress? You know, these are Western media. Now, one year already, what do you update. think? How do you yeah. assess yourself? Frankly speaking, even when I was growing up, our, we were taught our benchmark of success in the public service is not how well we do or people do what they are mm. uh, in this generation. It's really how well people do the next generation. So I remember in MOE, uh, when I first became MOE minister, before I became MOE minister, I, I went to ask my predecessors uh, for mm. advice. Uh. So one of them uh, gave me this sagely advice. Mm. Okay. So he said, hey, Chan Chun Seng, you just remember, uh, Whatever good uh, happened during your time in MOE, uh, mm. you must give thanks. Mm. Give thanks to your predecessors. Okay. Uh, okay. Then, uh, whatever bad... But the person bad, who's uh, studying you is this one person? La? Uh, one person. Uh, this one... Still alive? Of course. Still in cabinet. Yeah, okay, I have to. Uh, okay. Then, uh, he said, uh, whatever 
bad uh, mm. happen after your time, uh, please quickly take responsibility. Because whatever we do okay. in educating uh, our children, you won't see the here and now. The, your success definition is not now, right? Mm. It's really next time when they grow up, whether they can take care of themselves, they can contribute to society. So you think that's the kind of long-term work. So whenever people ask me, in fact, two days ago, I, I went to talk to some of the uh, people mm. and they asked me, hey, are you happy or not? And my true answer is that, actually, at first, I got no time to think whether happy or not. Huh? Mm. But really, whether we are happy or not, depends in future whether there's still a Singapore, a Singapore that we are proud of. If by then we are okay, then okay, quite happy. Mm. It's just the last time when I was in the SAF, right? Mm. Then I have generations of NSF that comes and uh, came to serve with me, right? The success is not whether they, they win best unit competition or not, right? The success is really after 20 years, when they grow up, they have their family, whether they feel that they are part of Singapore, whether they feel Singapore is worth defending, so, mm. and whether they think that you have done a good job many years back, right? So I'm always not so keen about this thing, about the, this type of Western star, 100 days, what have you done, what have you achieved? It, it sounds a bit, how you say, uh, a bit uh, like an egomaniac, like that, right? mm. everything happens only under your watch or his watch or her watch. In fact, I thought this is one of the things that uh, LKY used to say, you know, I don't know whether it's true that LKY say this, uh, but you know, when you are around and things happen, uh, I'm mm. not very impressed. When you're not around and things still happen, uh, mm. oh, I'm impressed. It's a legacy. Uh, that means you have built a SOP, a system, a system uh, values, cultures that mm. outlast Outlast's you as a person, okay. right? Mm. So I thought it's uh, actually not bad, you know, yeah. as, a, as a guiding post, so that we don't define success by how well we do for ourselves in this generation, mm. but we define success by how well we enable the next generation to do even better than us in this generation. Easy to say, uh, not so easy to achieve. Of right? course, of course, yeah. of course. And on that note, I want to ask my, my other two friends over here, do you think you have what it takes to be a political leader? I, I don't mind actually. <laughs> uh, but oh, you don't mind drink tea? Later but, I'll invite you. Okay, okay but, but first of all, I always thought like uh, to be a ruling party political leader, yeah. One has to be squeaky clean, like you have to be a star student, you, you cannot have any misdemeanors, so on and so forth. You and that's very true for you, you know, because I'm just looking at your scholarships. Oh, for minister. Yeah. Top 4 GCE A-Level in 1987, President Scholarship and SAF Overseas Scholarship. And then he went on to get the Lee Kuan Yew Scholarship. Uh, okay. So anyway, so... It's, it's about wanting to do good, wanting to serve people, but there's always that dilemma of putting your private life under the spotlight of everyone. So for that alone, right, I'm not even sure if I'm willing to make <laughs> this sacrifice. But it's very true. I mean, uh, so the way that we say a bit cliche is, do you love yourself more than you love your country? But it's cliche, but you see people come forward and yeah. serve, then you can see whether their heart is at the right place. If it's about your own image, your own publicity, rather than the long-term things, it's quite tough. Mm. Uh, because you will, be, you will be made fun of, you will, uh, people might mock you, people might criticize you. Mm. Then do you have the gumption to say that, okay, have the conviction to say that, okay, I believe this is what is right for the country, what is good for the people, and you will press on regardless of all the brickbats that people will, will, will throw you. 
I mean, come on, we are all humans, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so if every day people scold you, people criticize you at every turn, then are you sure you want to do this? We will, we will get into the details of the criticism later on, mm. but I'm very um, interested to know what Edmund has, has to say. So I'm the one that said support. Support mm. at become, Why? Become must say why. Why? <laughs> why? First, pay good. Yeah. Okay. okay. Second, look good. Look, look good? Look, look good. good uh. People really, all uh. going towards you. Uh, help me. Uh. Feel superior. Oh. No, I don't know whether to tell you the truth. <laughs> From what you say, uh, yeah, yeah. on one hand, I'm very happy. That sounds like uh, trying to help us to attract a lot of people to come and serve. <laughs> then we all can retire. Yeah. But on oh. the other hand, uh, I also scared uh, people come uh, with the wrong idea. You say pay good, right? Ah, yeah, pay good. Okay, uh, if you like me, uh, mm. my pay looks okay. Uh. If you don't like me, uh, you mm. pay me $1, uh, also too much already, right? Agree? Correct. Then you say that, oh, look good, right? Mm. Oh, it's like the duck, right? Swimming on the, uh, paddling on the water, right? On, above the water. On the lake, right? Then below the water, paddle like mad like that. On that note, I don't think I, ha I have what it takes to be a, to be a mm. political leader because... You never know. You should come and try. Cannot. I'm a bad <laughs> listener. Like, friends will tell me their problem. I will say, okay, after 30 seconds, I switch off. And I know that a good political leader is someone who listens. So like, you know, speaking about um, the highs and lows, right, of life and all that, I'm pretty sure as a person uh, in position, right, um, you have stress, right? So I want to know, like, what are the immediate stress that you feel or that like, you experience on a daily basis doing your job? And number two, do you feel like after being a political leader, like a part of you has taken a back seat, like, you know, like you can't being your true self because you have to always maintain that, oh, you know, I have my, I have my stuff together. Well, if you ask, uh, what mm. is the highest form of stress? Uh, yeah. It's not the here and now. Uh, because no point stressing the here and now already, right? Mm. But it's always a bit future-oriented, right? But that one, because you have no, no way to assess, uh, no way to feedback. So just now we say, right, whatever we do, uh, maybe a few years later, then we know the result. And then your question is not whether you stress like, hey, am I doing the correct thing or not? It's, hey, in a few years' time, uh, whatever we do now, uh, is it correct or not? So those are mm. the long-term, longer-term stress. Uh. But then there also sometimes, like during COVID, uh, you got the here and now stress, right? Mm. Tomorrow, uh, got enough vegetables or not? Got enough food uh, for our people to go to the, uh, at the supermarket or not? So there are all kinds of things, but your stress tend not to be the personal stress, uh, but it's more of like, how do you take care of the people? Are they well taken care of? So like now, right? Like now, then you have to start thinking about not whether tomorrow they all got food or not. Because where tomorrow got food, then you probably have to settle a few weeks, a few months ago, right? Yep. You have to think, okay, now like, hey, the economy is slowing down. So our people, next time still got jobs or not? Every batch, you know, got too many people come out from our university, polytechnic, ITE, where do they go and get jobs, right? Mm. If the prices of the energy continue to go up, our people okay or not, whether they need more support. So there are things that you keep worrying about. Mm. But it's like someone joke, jokingly told me, you are paid to worry. Ma. True. So you say you all deserve yeah. it, you are paid to worry. So okay, we are paid to worry. And with that question, do you guys think that it's, is it too much or is it just enough? Too much or too enough for what? Stress. No, Stress. your pay. Oh, pay, pay. Um, the way my mother asked me, tell me the answer is this. I don't care how much you are paid. Mm. Okay. Question is that whether you have enough time for your own children and your family. Mm. But have or not? <laughs> so 
you must try to make yeah. and budget your time accordingly. You cannot say that you just keep working right then neglect your family, sure. right? Uh, uh. But you also cannot say that, oh, I, uh, as if uh, I got so this fixed time, uh, got anything happen, uh, I don't care because this is, mm. this is my time, my time. Mm. So usually what you do is that if there's a crisis, it's something you need to handle, you need to work, uh, then you go 100% and more. Uh. But you cannot every day like that, right? So you must also find some time to make sure that you take care of your family. Hey, by the way, uh, you all don't make it sound like as if our uh, politician got no life. Uh. Like that, uh, nobody yeah, have. La, then, have, then, la, have. Then nobody there to become uh, uh, so, political leaders. And like that, yeah. how are we going to find successor? So when was the last time you had some time to sit down and enjoy your me time? So like yesterday night, finish uh, work a bit earlier, then go out and have a simple meal with the family at uh, Thompson Plaza also can. Uh, right? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I mean, you, you must make time because your your children don't relate you to you as minister, right? Your you are the father or Correct. or you are the husband or you are the mm. son. You are human being, right? It's not as if like, just because you become a minister or office holder, then somehow you suddenly become a, a different creature, right? I have this question for you since, because you started into politics since 2011. Mm -hmm. So at that time, uh, there is no social media. Have. Have, la, have, la, la. have. Come out already, we make fun of like, social media already. Uh. That's our first lesson in, uh, in politics. Ma. <laughs> Handling oh. the hate. Uh. HDH. Uh. That, that, how, how, how do you handle that? Because along, the, along all these years, there are some mistakes here and there. La. I mean, oh, sure. Uh, every one of us have our mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't even intend to be a mistake. People will, will say that why you... I never say, say I never say, say, I never say. I, I, I never say. say. They said the cotton come from shit, but I thought it's a publicity, no? Just nice CCS. Ma. Oh, so I just see. nice cotton. So that time, oh, right? very simple, right? So you see uh, something like that, right? Uh, you work, 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 work until, uh, you, because that time, right, don't have enough masks. Ma. So wow, we crack our head, uh, how to, not just to buy masks, ma, how to go and get material to go and mm. make our own masks, right? But you think uh, all kind of fibre also can. Uh. So you think there's suddenly a slip of tongue, uh, then people make fun of you for life. Uh. Mm. Okay, Lord, you take it. But at the end of the day, you have to touch your heart and say that you try and do an honest day work, uh, right? Then the just now you talk about the some people make fun of you. Some people make fun of you because they think it's funny. Some people make fun of you because they purposely want to make you feel bad. They want a reaction. Then, then they want so reaction. you just have to ask yourself, okay, of course you try to improve, don't make the same mistake twice, but at the same time you have to be quite focused on your purpose, why you are here and what are you trying to do for your country and your people. So my wife tend to encourage me uh, and say this and caution me. I say that when people praise you, uh, don't let it go into your head. Uh. Mm. When people criticize you, uh, scold you, uh, make fun of you, uh, try not to let it get into your heart. Uh. The theory is correct. Uh. It's also easy to say. Uh, but we are all humans, right? So if we are all humans, then we must also find ways to try to you know, encourage ourselves. Uh, even though people make fun of you, people mock you. So for that, that incident where people mock you and uh, make fun of you, is your family affected? Mm. Uh, of course, uh, both of us are parents, right? Yes. Surely you don't bring up your child to be made fun of by other people, right? Especially when your child is trying his or her best. Ham uh, tam him. Uh. Okay, this is why, this is why you're stay over here. Then, of course, if you say your wife, look at you, your wife will look at you like, hey, he's trying his best, then why you all? True. But I think for adults, it's a bit easier. Mm. But for the kids, sometimes I, you know, I feel bad because they are innocent, right? Mm. Supposing imagine you're, you're, supposing you are in my position, yep. then your, your children go to school, mm. then you say, hey, why your father like that? Huh? 
Then you then the child, you know how the child will react like, why you, why you, why you, why you pick on me just because my father? Yeah. I mean, we have this case whereby the children will come and tell me, hey, pa, just now uh, that friend uh, say, I, I don't like you, you know, because your father PAP. Mm. Then the child will be like, why, why you relate to yeah, yeah. me? Uh? And the friendship, yeah, yeah. So what is then your answer to your child? I mean, there's no good answer one, right? So yeah. they, over the years, of course, as they grow up, they try their best to handle it and not let it affect them. But they are also human beings, right? Humans. Yep. Yeah. Because from their perspective, so just now you can talk about what pay you earn, right? Mm. To the children, it's very simple. Hey, Pa, why must you work so hard? You can come back a bit earlier now. Can give them back a bit of the pay, then we have a bit more family time. I mean, the children is very simple, one, right? So it's my mother say you earn money, but you got time with your family or not. Mm -hmm. So I think you can only keep going if your family is with you. You can only keep going if you maintain your focus on your mission for the people and the country. So really, people ask me, you know, hey, are you happy or not? Mm. I really tell them that I really don't know. Not that I never think about this, but you try to stay focused when the moments are tough, mm. right? Oh. Because you, you never know. Sometimes it's touch and go. Like during COVID, you try your best, it's touch and go. We could have made the wrong decision and Singapore could be in a different mm. place. But you try, your, you try your best and at the end of the day, it's like what my daughter told me. Uh, say that, it's okay. That don't be too hard on yourself. If you think that you have done your best, let history be the judge. So was that a proud father moment for you? I suppose I'm touched uh, that she has grown to become very understanding, notwithstanding the fact that she has to shoulder some of the brickbats, right? So in a, some sense, I think they also mature a bit faster yep. than yep. other people. Okay, I've got one more question. So in general, right, <laughs> do you feel that you have made a sacrifice in order to serve Singapore? I don't think we think of it from that perspective. There are certain things that drive us to be in government uh, ever since young. Maybe because we were brought up in the military, in the government service. Whether we make a sacrifice or not, I think all of us make sacrifices uh, whether we are in government or not in government. But the important thing is that what is our ultimate objective? I think for many of us is to see our children growing up well, our family, having a chance to realise their dreams and ultimately for Singapore to be around. Mm. So it's my, my mother right now, 84 years old. She sang four national anthems in her life. Four? Four. Right. British, Japanese, oh. Malaya mm. and Singapore. So I hope she will never need to sing a fifth national anthem and I hope our children don't have to sing another national anthem. Mm. But you, you think about it, these are some of the things that perhaps uh, keep us going. Talking about Singapore, now I want you to watch something by Singaporeans. Being an MP is difficult in Singapore. I think it's extremely difficult. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you, you're supposed to represent the people, right? So you have to have the feeling, the, the right sentiment on the ground. I think Singaporeans have a lot of uh, demands and requests. So I think they have to kind of like cope with the expectations of the request and all that lah. Do you think they are paid a lot? 
if you I, I did mention earlier if you look around what happened in Singapore the environment the whatever we have here the security everything I think I, I think uh, they deserve it spend more time with the with the the people than with his family <laughs> based on your responsibilities uh, so I don't think they're overpaid technically they are all high performers if they are in their own industry let's say like in as a lawyers or business operators or CEO or whatever in their industry they are all high paid as well of course if they come into politics then they should be paid the same because they are those high performers if given a choice would you be an MP? no 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 uh, no I think it's too stressful <laughs> now there, of course you have heard this many many times where you have to justify why you're being paid that amount, you know, for, 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 for the service that you do for the country. And of course, there's a lot of people who think that PAP leaders are out of touch, you know, oh, you, you, you get paid this X amount, you do not know the, pro the problems of the middle class and all that. If you have the chance to just explain it for the last time in your life, what would you do? Look at the camera and just tell them why. Actually, it's very simple. Huh? When, I, when PM uh, first asked me to come out and serve, right, I don't even remember discussing with him, uh, what is my pay? And it's just, just something like what I shared with you all, so that if you are happy with what we are doing, you don't mind saying that, okay, this is a fair pay or not a fair pay. But if you don't like what I'm doing, then even $1 uh, is too much, right? So at the end of the day, I don't think the cabinet people are motivated by this pay issue. Uh, politicians in Singapore um, generally when, in, in comparison with politicians from other countries, so we are really like on the high end, like we really pay our politicians well. Oh, that was, i share with you this uh, funny story. You know, in Singapore, we say we, we are paid very well, right? That's because we operate on a, a clean wage system, so we've got no other benefits. Right? So mm -hmm. it's not like other countries, you can go and claim laundry, you can go and claim whatever things. Right? So this one, you settle everything. Clean, clean. clean. Whatever so you earn is clean money. Whatever la. you earn, you go and pay for it. Because some people may need a house, some people may need a car, but whatever you decide for yourself. Okay. I remember once I was uh, shopping at Thompson Plaza. Then you really left to go to Thompson Plaza? I, I stay near there. Okay. I stay. Okay. So I was pushing a trolley. La. This was way before COVID. So okay. Then I, then you know, you buy your groceries, right? Then, you put, then, then somebody walked past me. Uh, I was going down the travelator. Somebody was coming up the travelator. Say, hey, minister! You need to buy toilet paper. What kind of question is that? No, no, but, but, but people are stupid. No, no, no. no. People are not stupid. Don't say like no, that. No, that's the reason why I cannot become an MP. I cannot no. do the MP, the MP session because people really... Oh, I really don't need so, so, I was like, I was caught in that moment. I was like, hey, I don't know how to answer because I, I, I don't know what was the reason behind the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was thinking like, well, how to answer? It's like, A, you think somebody buy it for me. So that I don't have to buy myself. Okay, I B, serious, seriously yeah. think so, right? <laughs> so so maybe you're like A, la, maybe yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, A. La. Someone yeah, is yeah. always doing uh, buying, for buying all these things for us. Uh, uh, that means uh, somebody, everything provided for. Uh, must be. Uh, so, so people are like, huh? You must buy toilet paper, Anna. Uh -huh. Then B was like, maybe you don't need to use it or you have no time to use it. <laughs> I also don't it know. Means, uh, cannot <laughs> use that, uh, <laughs> I, I found it quite funny. Uh, do you know what the answer? So for what was, what a was moment, your answer? So I was like, uh, yes. And I, I'm uh -huh. more, but I, I was like, then after that, I, I start, I, I, I kept thinking, you know, and I was like, actually, what was the right answer? Thinking behind the uh -huh. question, not, not my answer. 
it's actually quite funny one. Uh, we all don't have this kind of privileges, uh, right? We operate a clean wage system. So another another funny story, uh, just for the fun of it. So I, last time, and this was uh, before I became an office holder, and mm. so we went to the airport to pick up the foreign guests. Uh, mm. So then, then the, so I offered the foreign guests. I said, hey, uh, why don't you take my car? Then we all can chat along the way mm. uh, as you go to the hotel, uh. So he, okay, where's your car? I said, oh, that's my car. Then he went to the car. Then he opened the back door, then he jumped in and sat down. Oh. Then I was like, oh, okay. So I went to the front, then I opened the door and went to the driver's seat. Then he was like, hey, John, what are you doing? I was mm. like, uh, must drive the car, ma. Uh. Right? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Then he jumped out of the back door, then he went to the front and sat beside me. He said, hey, John, where's the driver? Mm. Then I was like, driver? I'm the driver. Lah. Yeah. Then he was like, huh? You mean at your position, you don't have driver one? Lah? Then we're like, no, leh. don't have. Lah. We all self drive one, and this is Singapore. Ma. So, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Then we drove out of the airport. Lah. And I came to the traffic light, and we stopped. Lah. Then he was like, hey, why you stop? He <laughs> was like, traffic light. Ma. <laughs> then he was like, hey, He's not, he's not local, by the way. He's not local, he's ah. not local. So he, he's like, hey, but you're so high position. You know, can go one, ma. Can go one, ma. The traffic light minimum must give you the favor. Pematang pao, pematang pao, sila duduk. Then I was like, no, la. Singapore, ma. <laughs> then he says, Singapore, ma. <laughs> then he look at you like, what were you scared of? There's no police, what? Was oh, like, God. Then, then uh. how to tell you like, Singapore don't need police, I've got a lot of cameras. Yeah. Then, but you see, people have different yeah. mental models uh, of what, yeah. uh, what officials, a, what, uh, what, yeah. never mind politicians, uh, what officials in Singapore uh, are entitled or not entitled to have. Yeah. <laughs> but I have this very, very serious question because just now you mentioned about, uh, Keon saying about whether there'll be a Singapore in the future. But this, this, this tagline seems to be quite, quite outdated or out of touch. For the youngster, maybe for my, my daughter age, 20 They won't plus, think like that one. Uh, they, they, they cannot imagine that they, yeah. they won't be a Singapore. Yes. So to them, they totally cannot relate to whatever you are saying. Yes. So to them, is PAP is a very outdated party, all from the same crop, everybody the same. So to them, no excitement at all. So it is, it's, a, it's a bit hard if you want to use this, this type of tagline to to, to, to get support from the youngster. So you are right in the sense that, you know, we generally live in quite a stable country, quite a successful country, mm. and we don't have to worry about such things. Yep. And you are also right that if you keep telling the young people about such things, uh, they, they might actually uh, end up uh, getting very put off by this, uh, thinking like, why are you not so confident mm. or why you keep worrying mm. about this? Mm. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to help our people understand some of the challenges that we may be facing and we will face. So it's not to scare them, but it's to be realistic about our chances. No, I, I give you an example. Right? During COVID, right? Mm. People assume that we will just have food. But you know, when we are in MTI, EDB, ESG, mm. when we go and buy things during COVID, even if you've got money, people don't sell you things. Mm. That's the reality of life. Yeah. People ask you, you want me to sell you things? Do you have anything to exchange or not? Money? More money? 
No, money worth money, nothing. Money, because oh. in a crisis, you give money, maybe somebody will give more money and take your things away, or you give him money, he doesn't need it. He wanted maybe medicine or essential supplies in exchange. Oh. So if you're not producing anything of value, why should you expect people to sell us things that we need, whether it's food or essentials? But is it? It's very hard to tell people like that huh, on a normal peacetime mm. scenario, yeah. right? Yeah. But once in a while, I think we cannot forget that nobody owes us a living one, right? Mm. And, you, and you cannot wait until a crisis happens for you to say it because then it's too late already. Lah. So that's why we say that we have to keep thinking about the future because it's not whether I can buy things today, right? Here and now because now looks like quite peaceful time mm. so we can get what we want. But that doesn't mean that it will always be so one. Uh, so that's why even COVID was a very good uh, learning moment mm. uh, for many people, right? That it doesn't mean that you have money, then people must sell you things one, or people give you things that you need or you want, right? Because but chicken was stopped, right? Yeah. Chicken was stopped and then we had a shortage of eggs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And many other things, you see. Yeah. So when suddenly the borders were closed, suddenly the supply chain got disrupted, the ships were not sailing, the planes were not flying. So that time, you know, you have to figure out ways, uh, not mm. just to find out who else can you buy from, but why would that person sell you? I, yeah. I, you know, the real story, I, I call up my, my partners uh, overseas, I say, hey, can sell me some rice or not? Hmm. I say, hey, you got, anyway, you got surplus rice, right? You're also sitting in a warehouse, right? They say, no, cannot sell you. Then I say, I, I pay you, I pay yeah. you a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he said, no, I'm not going to sell you. Then I say, why? If you don't sell me, the rice may rot inside your warehouse. Right? Yeah. He says, no, I cannot sell you. Because if I sell you and I export the thing now, mm. my people may panic. Mm. And if my people panic, I'm in trouble. But if the thing rot inside my warehouse, it's okay. My people don't give me trouble and I, I'm okay. So, so you begin to understand to even buy something as simple as rice, uh, mm. not so simple just because we have money there for people will, mm. will, will, will sell us things when, you know. So these are things that, like you say, you cannot keep saying this type of thing without context. But when sometimes when things happen, then it's a, it's a learning moment for all of us, and not just the MTI team, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, we, we take it for granted that things will always be so, right? Like when, when we went to uh, ask people to sell us vaccines, or say, mm. why don't you mm. come to mm. Singapore mm. to produce a vaccine, right? I mean, the truth of the matter is that people say, one must go to Singapore and produce vaccine. Yep. What are you going to offer me? Are you going to give me some subsidy? Are you going to offer me cheaper land? Are you going to offer me a domestic market mm. that is uh, big enough to take my capacity? Mm. What are you going to offer me? So, so these are difficult questions that we have to grapple with. I think the average day-to-day -day Singaporean don't really understand or don't really get to see this behind the scenes. Mm. But there are many Singaporeans working behind the scene, mm. making this thing happen. So I remember during COVID for us uh, and many of my team in uh, MTI, EDB, ESG, SIA, uh, PIL, uh, SETS, all these logistic companies. Actually, it's very emotional for us when we walk down an NTUC house, uh, you know, you go NTUC, so mm. you go down, walk down one house uh, and you see all the shelves full. And if you do an experiment to take out the item and just note down uh, which country they come from, Mm. Any house, uh, definitely uh, 10, 20, 30, if not more countries' products are there. For, for just a simple thing like that, uh, it's a lot of hard work by many Singaporeans all overseas uh, 
sometimes putting their lives online uh, to mm. secure us what we consider basic as basic necessity. So maybe for some of us who have gone through this, I don't think we take it for granted that it will always be so. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is why minister is right. They are not politicians. <laughs> Because if no, you are a politician, <laughs> you will have yeah. politicized this and well, this I, is a very I, big thing. I always try to say <laughs> yeah. to the younger kids that I work with or the younger generation, go travel, like go travel and yeah. then you'll realize how good we have it at home. Yeah. But coming back to what you mentioned, you, you cannot go around every day and, and tell people, hey, I tell you, uh, life is very tough and you know, in order <laughs> to happen, uh, all these things must happen. You, you cannot say this. Because the younger generation, I think they need something different to inspire them. Mm. Last time, maybe the older generation is inspired by fear and hunger. You know? If you don't mm -hmm. do this, uh, we might not survive. Yeah. You know? But I think you must also appeal to the younger generation with a more forward-looking agenda. That with all the blessings that they have, uh, mm. they can do something more. And I think our young people want to do something more, do something different. Beyond just trying to survive. And they have the capability and the capacity to do more. So a lot of them today... Uh, do what I call the mad cow thing. Make a difference, change our world. Yeah. They have a big aspirations, and you know. Mm. They, they want to do something bigger than just what it is for themselves. Okay. This one is uh, taught to me by Lim Sui Se. Okay. That's a copyright, not for me. Oh, <laughs> well, that's nice. Um, going back to what you were saying about how you made a career shift, right? From being the chief of army to going to office and all that. And as, as we see in, in the minister's portfolio, every two, three years, you'd move to another role. So that's my first question to you. Like, do you find it difficult to always keep changing roles? Because I, I know for yourself, you've, you've done... Um, MSF, la, a lot of MPI, MOE. Uh, mm. And number two, um, do you think it's a healthy sort of system to have? To always keep on changing the portfolios? I think it's healthy because you want to make sure that you're not blindsided. Because if you are in the same job for too long, you may have your blind spots. And we all do have okay. our blind spots. Okay. So to have different people with different perspective is not necessarily a bad thing. But of course, you can't keep changing for the sake of changing, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is where that balance has to come in. Because there are people that change across different ministries, whether it's the office holders or others. Then there are also people that stay in the same ministry for quite a long while and these are the deep profession, uh, professionals and you must have, have a healthy respect. So for example in MOE, there are people from the political wing, what we call the office holders, people from the policy wing, these people may move across different ministries and that helps MOE to link up with other ministries and uh, do the work better. But there's also our professional wing, our teachers, educators who are very steep in the art and science of teaching. Mm. And you must have a healthy respect of what they know and what they are doing. Then you can find the balance. So, yes, on one hand, you have some people moving around to have the cross-pollination of ideas, but you must also in every agency and ministry also have the deep professionals who are there. But there are also similarities even as you move around. The content matter may be different, whether is it transport, housing or education because the subject matter is different yeah. but as a leader there are some things that are constant uh, first you must be able to bring out the best from your team 
No leader ever go into any ministry and say, that, hey, let me tell you what to do. I tell you this is the way forward. You have no credibility. But a good leader will adapt to the ministry that they are leading and try to bring everyone together and bring out the best. And that is something that is similar across all the ministries. Right? The second thing that is similar regardless of which ministry you go to or I go to, you must take care of your people. Mm. We learn this from young. You take care of the people, the people will take care of the mission. So this is invariant, regardless of what job you are doing, which ministry you are. So I think there are some of these leadership lessons that are common, regardless of the ministry or agency that you are leading, and regardless of your background. Right? It's a good leader is not someone who says that I'm here and you all adapt to my staff. Actually, mm. a good leader is say that I'm here, I'm here to see how I can bring out the best in your, how I support you, mm. so that we can achieve the mission together. And even one day when I'm not around, because you are inspired by what we want to achieve collectively, you will carry on the mission even if any one person is no longer around. Mm. So I think there are challenges in moving across different ministries, but there are also some similarities in the way we approach the leadership responsibilities in every ministry. But have, have you ever felt like overwhelmed by like being in a new ministry like Oh, I have to know about oh, every, all these things. Every ministry, when you first go in, there'll be so many things that you don't How long know. do you take before you get acclimatized to like, oh, okay, okay, I'm getting to the groove of it. You will never come to a position whereby you say that, oh, okay, I know it all. If okay. you ever get into that complacent situation that I, I know it all already, then it's probably time for you to leave. Okay. But how long you take actually depends on the issue and depends on your teamwork. Mm. I never believe that just because I go into a new ministry, then suddenly everything stops and then we restart again. In fact, a lot of the good work that, we, that they are doing will continue to be done. Mm. Of course, as a leader, you, you add colour to it, you, you contribute and you try to take them forward in a better way. But you cannot imagine that it's only the minister who will make all the decisions because there is a whole team of uh, public service officers professionals who have been there very long and they have deep beliefs of what needs to be done regardless of uh, who is the leader necessarily. But during COVID, uh, you look at it, when you, when you set up this uh, MSTF... MTF. Oh, MTF. Yes. MTF. None, none of you are doctor. Oh, there are. There are doctors. Janil is a doctor. Uh, Vivian was there. Mm. In fact, we... In our cabinet, we probably have the most number of doctors in a cabinet compared to many other countries. Mm. Yeah. And the strength of this cabinet is not whether you are on the MTF or not. Mm. Every week you have cabinet meeting, every other moment where you need help, you can always call on one another to support you. So you look at the number of doctors that we have. Mm. You have Dr. Janil, you have Dr. Vivian, you have Dr. Ng Inghen, Dr. Kopo Kun. So you have uh, quite a number of doctors. Uh, in so different areas. At that time, there is this challenge of idea. You have information from overseas mm. and yeah. they were saying, say, oh, don't do this, uh, close all the border, but yeah. somehow we, we are not doing so. So yeah. there is this challenge of idea and yeah. people will start to doubt you because yeah. anyone that came out to speak is, does not have a doctor background, a yeah. kind of 
seems to be a bit weak in... in but it's not just about the minister, you see. Of course, within the ministers, you have people from private sector, you have people from previously from government, you have mm. people who are doctors, lawyers, and it's very important that they have this diverse perspective. But there's something that is even more important that within the MTF, it's not just the ministers making the decisions, it's a whole team of huge number of people behind making the decisions and providing the information. In the whole MOH, you have people, uh, doctors who are specialised in infectious disease, people who are in public health. You have people who, in ICA, who knows the intricacies of whether how to close borders, how to manage the numbers across the borders. You have people from the economic agencies that have their different considerations about how to keep Singaporean open, uh, keep Singapore open so that our lifelines and our livelihoods are minimally affected. So you have all these contesting ideas, mm. and at the end of the day, you need to come together as a team and make that collective decision. And there will be uh, give and take, there will be different trade-offs because you can't just consider one factor and let that one factor drive all the, mm. all the decision, right? So you always find that uh, balancing uh, mechanism. And you are right, it's not always that when the decision comes to it, that it's so straightforward that we'll all do this. Mm. Uh, otherwise, uh, all the MTF meeting uh, will not be necessary. Mm. In fact, there's a lot of debate. Uh, and because you are working under conditions of uh, uncertainty. Yeah. Because the disease is also not a known disease, as if mm. the virus is also not changing. Mm. In fact, you are racing with the virus to see how fast the virus mutate versus how fast you adapt your policies. Mm. Right? Sometimes you beat the virus, sometimes the virus beat you. But like we say, it's, it's like a war and not just a few battles. And mm. you have to make sure that when you are up, you don't get complacent. When you are down, you don't get discouraged. And you just have to keep trying and then after two to three years hopefully we emerge okay yep. okay and with that we will we will wrap up this segment because we want to go to the final segment for straight talk which is so these are like a series of personal questions that we want to ask you my first question is okay there's a and b okay a is do you have like real friends in the parliament of course okay mm. who is that one person like really ride or die like you really get very close for example you are in your office. Okay, you edit. <laughs> ah. Okay, you read the comment in in, 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 the, in social media. Wow, irritating. So you cannot keep on picking on me. Okay, really like on the, on the verge of giving up. Like, wow, I do all this for my country, and yet I still get this kind of rubbish treatment. Mm. Who is that one person you would you would call and say, hey, can you like someone to talk to? Give me words of encouragement. <laughs> of course, you call your wife first, lah. Okay, okay, after that, after that, after that. Okay, parliament lunch break. Yeah. Okay, then you have to invite three friends for lunch. Right. But they have to be ministers. Uh -huh. Who are they? You know that if you invite these three, right, you have a good lunch. Like, wow, you really can talk. You can talk and... We don't need to invite people for lunch. We just sit down. Whoever is around there, we'll just talk. Okay, give up. You, you... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you all may not understand. We, you know, in, in parliament, there's this thing called a uh, member's room, right? So yeah. you go down yeah. there for your makan, go down there okay, okay. for your break, right? So you don't like, eh, later, huh? I go yeah. out down there. Yeah. No, later, I just go down there and sit so with uh, any so, of the so, MPs. So, 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 and the... That's a canteen, uh. but not cantina, there are some food, like uh, some snacks down there. Because otherwise, you sit inside parliament for too long, can kind of cram, right? Hey, sorry, so when you go to this to this space where you all... Members room. Members, members room. Yeah. You interact with the members of opposition yeah. as well? Yeah, of course. Oh, so they, they Ilak, 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 Ilak. They are also human beings, right? I thought you want to carry on. No, no, I, I, I imagine you go like, into this room, who you sitting next to? No, whoever is there... And who do you find at the buffet counter? Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, seriously, whoever... Our general rule is that whoever is available, just sit down there. Hey, but okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, this is this is like a slightly uh, slightly um, serious question. You can choose to answer. When you guys have a different um, thought process or have some friction, right? All right. Does it carry on into like personal exchanges? No lah. Cannot be so. How it's so so petty, right? No differences of view. You will always have one, right? Mm. That's why I say you must always stay focused on the long-term goals that we must share. You can have a diversity of ideas, but you cannot have a diversity of purpose, right? So so long as the purpose is the same, mm -hmm. then it's just a question of how do we solve the problem better. And at the end of the day, once the decision is made, then everybody is uh, everybody make sure that you execute and execute well. So you see, we always say this, no. A simple plan, well executed together, is better than a complicated plan, not well executed and not done together. Okay. Any best friend from the opposition camp? <laughs> no, I, I talk to them, I talk to them. I, I even uh, last time. Uh, best one. Last time I talked to Lotia Kiang. Most can talk. Yeah, because I remember yeah. this famous photo that I always see, and I want to always, if I have a chance, yeah. talk to a speaker about it. He uh, and. Uh, Kiang. Yeah, eight bagute together. Yeah. I thought it was a very heartwarming, yeah, very nice picture. We are all fellow Singaporeans, right? Yeah. Would you be okay if it comes to a point one day where the PAP is not the incumbent anymore, right? So now the opposition party is the one leading. Would you be okay to work hand in hand in that situation? First of all, mm. I must declare, you never make the assumption that the PAP is around forever. Yeah. But you hope and you try your best that whoever replaces the PAP is a better party with better people that can take care of the country and the people better. You, you cannot just say, oh, I'm the opposition, I have no responsibility, I just say whatever I want to say. Anyway, I just uh, fly some trial balloons and see uh, what people like to hear. You cannot like that. It's not responsible because the PAP once upon a time was in opposition as well. Mm. So you cannot do that just because you say, you, you cannot have different standards and say that, oh, because you're opposition or you're PAP, I judge you by different standards. Who knows? One of these days, like you say, the thing might flip. Mm. And that's why I think we need to hold all parliamentarians to the same standards of how they think, how they act in the interest of Singapore and Singapore. And what do they stand for? Okay. I think this point is important. I mean, during all the election, you see people voting just because they have this very strong confidence that PAP sure win one. Nah. Mm. I vote opposition so that they can have some competition or they can have see variety of politicians in the parliament. Uh, people to voice up for them, per se. My, my answer to that is that at the end of the day, these people represent us, fellow citizens in parliament, right? Mm. We want the best people to represent us and to represent the country. Because you see, you know, just now you make comments about other people's parliament, right? Mm. Surely you don't want other people to make comments about our parliament, right? Like, e, your people also like that one. E, your leaders also like that. Then, then we are a bit malu, right? So we want people whom we can be proud of because they are honest. They do real hard work to serve the people and the country and not pretend to say that, hey, I'm not here, I'm not responsible. I'm here to just check on you uh, to see whether you are doing the work. Actually, all of us uh, have to do our work to take care of our people and to take care of the country. And I don't think the opposition has any less responsibility than PAP members. But if any opposition that come and say, that, oh, I'm not here to do work, I'm just here to check whether they do work, then I think we have to ask the question, then if everybody is checking on everybody, then who is doing Who's the one it? So what are the usual activities you do with your family, other than going to uh, Thompson Plaza? A typical day, uh, in the morning, we'll 
uh, send off the children to school. Then after that you go to office or you go to visit the schools and start work. Mm -hmm. Then it's a whole full day program. Either you have meetings to discuss ideas, policies, you meet people to get feedback, you meet your constituents and see whether they are all right or not. Sometimes you have to do your duties to host foreign dignitaries. Sometimes you have to work with uh, foreign parties to make sure that uh, you can advance uh, Singapore's uh, interests. Then of course you have some time must remember to exercise. Uh keep yourself uh, fit and healthy. So do, you, do you give the school notice before you go there? Uh, generally, like I do. But I have also uh, gone to a school with a minimum surprises. No, you see, I don't go to a school to check on them. Because if, I need, if they need me to go and spot check on them, something is wrong, right? So my purpose of visiting the school is to encourage them uh, and see where I can help to help them to do their work better. Do you have time to like unwind and watch a television program or a series? I'm not the type who watch a drama kind of. Okay. I don't have this hobby or habit of watching drama. Uh, my own quiet time, I usually go and exercise. Either I run, I cycle. Uh, but because usually it's in the middle of the night, uh, because mm. you go back, it's late yeah. already, you spend time with your family and your kids. So after the kids go to sleep, then you go and catch up on your exercise and do what you uh, want to do to keep yourself uh, fit and healthy. Okay, last question now. Um, we all know that you live a very down-to-earth lifestyle, okay, but as, as we all know, politicians, okay, this is very subjective, lah, plus minus, um, very famous for getting a high pay. So, what do you do? I feel like it's such an intrusive question, but I'm just going to ask it. What do you do with your savings? Uh, very simple. I have a special needs child. I think next time when me and my wife is not around, we are not around, we want to make sure that he's provided for. So we do save up a bit more because uh, I think his needs will be different from my other children who are normal. Mm. Of course, I, I'm quite sure that my children will also help to take care of him, but I hope that uh, while they take care of him, they also have to take care of their families in future. So it's only right that we do our part to save up for him. What is the one thing that you find yourself like, well, I, I, I don't mind splurging on this. What do you splurge? Ka. No. Casio watch. Casio watch, you don't need to splurge. Right? This one is uh, $20. Uh. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed. That, that, really, your, that your watch is very like... Uh, I thought fake one eh. <laughs> <laughs> you really got how, how long have yeah. you owned this? This one? Uh, no, I've always worn this ever since my school days. The same one? Of course not the same one because the battery yeah, uh, die, right? Yeah. Sometimes the strap. Okay, you can change okay. the strap once in a while if it yeah, breaks, right? What is the one thing that you will splurge on? Uh, go and buy myself an avocado milkshake. From Which Bukit I've never Mera. tasted in my life, huh? by eh? the way. Is it from the ABC market? <laughs> uh, that one is quite famous. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that one a bit further away from my house. Uh, so. okay. okay, and with that, we come to the end of this episode of Straight Talk. So, who would like to see next? Any, any suggestions? Any of your close friends that you want to sabu and I'll get them to be on the show? Oh, can I? Uh. Can. can. Say, we will make it happen. Yes. Dr. Maliki. Dr. Maliki is quite fun. Eh? Okay. okay. Yeah. What should we talk about with him? You ask him? Okay. <laughs> Dr. Maliki, okay. Yeah. please keep your schedule ready. Eh? We're going we're gonna to contact you soon. <laughs> and thank you so much. Okay, we hope that you catch us when the episode is out. And thank you so much, Minister Chan Chun Singh, for taking thank the time you. off to so answer much. our questions. And... Uh, Sharing so much about yeah. the behind the scenes, I really yes. enjoyed it. Correct, yes. correct, correct. Yeah, and I think it's really astounding how you really make that shift between the, the different departments and, and you really get into it. I think that for me is the most challenging thing because if you were to ask me to do something entirely different in my career, I'd be like, 
cannot lah. Maybe that's the reason why I'm not a political leader lah. Huh? All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, thank you, everyone, thank you. for watching. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>